pray that a starting guy would speak clearly. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm going to start praying that you strum clearly. Uh, we're in the book of Jonah, and Jonah was a what? Prophet. Jonah was a prophet. Now, what is a prophet? Hmm, what is a prophet? It comes, you know, some people think a prophet, it comes from the word prophecy. And so it's this dude that has a crystal ball and he's, he's like, woo, uh, I'm going to tell you your future, right? Or reads tarot cards or wheat, 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 Ouija boards. I'll stay away from that word. Worst night. And um, they think it's that, but a, pro- a, a prophet of God is this. It's a... Uh, it's a, a man of God who delivers a specific me, me, message of God to a specific people or person. So it's a, it's a man that God speaks to to say, go speak to them about this. And this man of God, is just, he's just a voice piece for God. Um, now, <clears throat> the people who he preached to were, were from what, what, what city? Where, where was he called to go? Nineveh, right? And were they good or evil? Evil, like like capital E, evil people. Like uh, Veggie Tales calls them fish slap, slap, slappers. They would slap, slap you with a fish. And that's pretty mean, right? If you walked to downtown Fernandina Beach and someone walked up and just swapped you with a fish, that would be evil. Yeah, but these, these guys were much, much worse than that. Now this book, um, and Jonah lived around 750 B.C., okay? So just a few years ago, way back. And that's sort of the time frame that this book is in. Now, we're in uh, the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. We did sort of verses 1 through 2 this past week. We're going to sort of rehash through 1 through 2 real quick, and then we're going to go up. Really, it's just to verse 5 tonight, not 6, because there's a lot in here. I'm excited about this text tonight. And I had, I've had all these notes, and I've had to work through them and hash them out because there is so much here in the book of Jonah. There's so much good, I mean, there's always good stuff in the Word of God, but there's so much stuff, and there's only, we've only got so much time that we, we can talk about some of this stuff. So, encourage you to do this. We're going to be in this book for, for six weeks or for eight weeks. Just start reading the book of Jonah on your own. It's a, it's a short book, uh, four chapters. Chap, Chapters with 48 ver- verses. Just on your own time with God, start to read this book, and you can start to understand this. We're going to stand together as we read the word in honor of God's word, Je- Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. And this is what it says. Just follow along. I think we'll have the words on the screen. I'm actually just going to go to verse 5. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Am- Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest or storm on the sea so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners or sailors were 
afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. Let's, yes, sir. That is, is with that, that. That's right. They, they, they were calling out to God, but it was a lowercase God, not the real one true God. That's why it's a sm, sm, small g for God. Let, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word. Uh, a chance to talk about something, God, that's so important to you. And there's um, so many of us in this room that, that struggle with the topic we're going to talk about, God, and, and sort of give us courage um, to follow you and to be obedient to you wherever you lead. Uh, and God, I thank you that you don't give up on us. I thank you that you don't give up on us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Have a seat. Um, now it says that the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And when a, a prophet was going to go speak to someone, the word of the Lord would come to them. It would come to them. Sometimes they would hear the audible voice of God like Moses in the burning bush, right? He hears God's voice come out of the bush, tells him what to do. He has this long conversation Exodus 3 through 4 up into 5. Uh, he has this long talk with God. So a lot of them had, had vis- visions. Uh, it seems like when they were asleep, they would have a vision of what they were called by God to do or to say, and so they would go fulfill that. So there are di- different ways that God spoke. Has anyone here, don't raise your hand, heard God's audible voice this week? Just, just a question. Have you heard like, Jonah Leinbach? You know, have, have, have we heard him call? We, you know, I, I would dare say pro- probably not. Has anybody had a vision from God saying, go to Nineveh, right? Or, or, or what? And I, I, would, I would question, we, we, pro- we probably have not had that. So a qu- question I have for us, does God still speak to us? And I think he does. Great news. I think he does. And if he didn't, there would be no point for me to be here tonight or for us to be here gathered tonight. Because he, he speaks through his word. We call this what the word of... You know why we call it the word of God? Because it's the word of God. And it talks about the son of God. And the salvation that only comes from God. And in this book is life and hope for man when men have, we have no hope. That's why this is the word of God. God speaks through his word. That's why it's so important that even when we come here each week that we open up the word and we study the word together. Because sometimes we think, well, God speaks to me in my prayer. I get that. We can get nudges here or there, but I think God primarily speaks through his word. And through when we study his word and when we're reading his word and it begins to, to we begin to apply it to our life and we go, ooh, and he begins to work on us. I don't know about you, but one of the great things I get to do is I get to preach and study the same text over a week or sometimes two weeks that I'm going to preach to a crowd. And over that time, it works on me because I'm reading it over and over and over on, oh gosh, I really need to apply this in my life. This is how I'm not applying it in my life. So God speaks through his word. Okay, has anyone heard the phrase uh, uh, when you're describing a place that's really far off, um, that's like all the way from here to, there's a blank there, all the way from here to 
No, y'all weren't. All the way from here to Timbuktu. Have you heard that phrase before? Has anyone ever been to Timbuktu? Do you know where it is? I think it's in Indonesia or something. Africa. Okay, that's where it is. Okay, Indonesia's close to Africa if you take a boat. But it's, is it far away? Anybody plan to, to go there? Has anybody here ever heard that phrase before? Five people, 12 people. Okay, good. Okay. Do you think the, when the person said it, they meant that they, they, they had been there and they knew it was about the same, same length? What, what did it mean? Far off place. Far off place. We see here in the text that Jonah, um, that he hears God say go and he gets up but he doesn't go the right way. He goes the wrong way. And it says he goes to Joppa, which is a port city, and he gets on a ship to go to Tarshish. Now, we don't know where Tarshish was. We've got a map here, um, and this is sort of the world. Now, boats don't cruise during this day as long as fast as they do nowadays. They say that in, in um, Leviticus, I think it talks about Tarshish as well, and it said that it was a three-year trip to go there and back to sell goods. It would take a year to get there, a year to sell, to sell your goods and buy goods, and then a year to get back. So it was a three-year trek. Now, they believe that they, they think it might have been here, but they're not, not for sure. It could have been here, but they're not for sure. Most people tend to lean this way. The whole point is this. Jonah was wanting to get as far away from God and the known world that he could. So that's why he's going to Tarshish. He's running away from God. Now, um, do you ever need, like, do you ever have those days where you go, man, I just need a shot of faith in my life. I just need, my faith feels weak right now. Uh, God, I just need help. Do you ever feel, feel that way? I think the most wonderful scripture to turn to, and you'll hear me quote it here a lot, is in Psalm 1. 39. See, this psalm was written probably 300 years before Jonah was born. And it was probably scripture that he knew. And if he knew it, it says this in verse 7, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, which is the grave or death, if I, make, if I go down into the depths of the earth, you are there. If I, uh, let me get this part right, if, if I take the wings of the mor- mor- morning and go to the uttermost part of the sea, you're hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me. Does that talk about God being with you? Can I say, is there a time where God is not with you according to that scripture? It's not. God is always with you. And what's great about Psalms 139, it talks about how he made you with a purpose and a plan. It talks about how he knows your days. He knows, it talks about, so it, it talks about that God is, he's, he's all-knowing, he's all-present, he's all-powerful. Psalm 139 is a beautiful scripture just to memorize and to know about the greatness of God. And I think he probably knew that. And it says a few times here, look in verse... Um, uh, Jonah rose in verse 3 to, to flee uh, to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. It goes again, he's getting, trying to get away from the presence of the Lord. I don't know about you, but when I am doing something in my life that is against the word of God, against the counsel of God, you know what I want to do? I want to get away from God as much as I can. Why? 
guilt, shame, and it's hard. And that's when I talk to youth a lot of times, and they're like, man, I just, I just can't get up because they think God can't forgive me, and so I'm going to run away as far as I can, and we think that's going to work out for us. That's, that's the state that Jonah is in. So God tells Jonah to go, and he goes in the opposite direction. And Nineveh, go, go back to, to that map. Nineveh, now he, he starts out here, and instead of going up there, he goes this way. We know the ship is going this way. We don't know how far the, the ship went until a storm came. First point is this. Disobedience will always lead to downfall. Disobedience to God will always lead to downfall. And downfall physically and spiritually. Spiritually, we see this first in in um, the first story. What's the first story that we see this in the Bible? Adam and Eve in the garden. The garden. You have everything you have in this garden is yours, but don't don't partake of the fruit of of, of this tree. And they they what they take part of the fruit of the tree. They take a bite. They they both eat eat of it, and because of that disobedience brings downfall, brings the downfall of man, brings sin into the world. We see in the, in the story for Jonah, disobedience brings downfall, and it's a lesson we need to learn ourselves. I think we believe it, but do we believe it? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but. Do we believe it and take the but out of it? Ooh, that's weird. Right? Do we really believe it enough to go, I believe it because that's going to change my life? In the book of, Je- of Jonah, as we're through this text, note a lot of times it talks about him going down and him going up. And whenever the text talks about him going down, spiritually he's going down. When the text talks about him rising up and getting up, spir- spiritually he's going up. Look here in verse 3. It says he went down to Joppa. Then it says, when he got to the ship, he went down onto it. Then in verse 5, he says that he had gone down into the inner of part of the ship to sleep. All this is talking, it's what he did, but is is also his spiritual condition. He's crashing. He's running away from God. And you know what we call running away from God? You know what the term is? Disobedience. How many times are we disobedient to God's call within our life? I think it it can occur quite a bit. Um, Now, Jonah lived in a time that was not good. He had served a king that was evil. We see that in 2 Kings. He uh, He was called by God to go to this people who were mean, evil, and killers, and hateful. And he was called to go serve and to help them. Very hard time to live in. But this is the life lesson. Just because you live in an evil time or a hard time, it doesn't change God's calling within your life. And some of us in this room, some of you in this room, could experience great evil or great hardship in your life. And I want you to understand this. It doesn't change God's call in your life. He calls you to seek after him. He calls you to speak up when it's hard to share Christ in the darkness, to be a light wherever you go, it's going to be, it's going to be hard. You might be saying to yourself, 
Um, I don't know. I mean, we're, you're, you're, you're speaking to the choir, man. We're, we're, we're here at the edge. We're like youth that aren't, on a Wednesday night, we've actually come to church. And coming to church doesn't just make us all in right relationship with God. I think there is, uh, God is calling us to be pure in our relationships. God's calling us to honor our uh, mothers and fathers. God's ca- calling us to respect authority that he puts in front of us. Oh, part of that could be in the home. Part of that could be at school. Part of that could be at the workplace. God calls us to, um, as a youth group, in the youth group, if you're trying to grow in your faith, look out for each other and lift each other up and speak truth, prophesy into each other's life. That's what obedience to God looks like, and we fail that so many times. Look here in verse 4, because I love this part of verse 4. It's a beautiful part of this, of this um, text. It says, but the Lord hurled, hurled, he like chunked a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship threatened to break it up. Then the sailors were afraid, and they cried out to their own small g, false gods, and they hurled the cargo off the ship to lighten the ship so the ship would float better. But Jonah had gone fast asleep. You know where it talks about, it says that the ship threatened to break apart. It's like a person speaking to someone else saying, I'm, I'm about to flip out. I'm about, to, I'm about to lose my cool. It's almost a ship. It's, it's creaking. It's, it's straining. It's about to bust. It's in very, very bad shape. Illustration. I grew up on the St. John's River. At the age of, so my dad built docks uh, when I was a small kid up till I was 25 or, or 30. And as a teenager, I worked, worked for him and I helped him build docks. But because of that, we lived on uh, Julian Creek, the mouth of the St. John's. And uh, at like six or seven, I, I had my own little John boat with a two horsepower. And at seven, I'd, I would go cr- cruising around the, the river. It's, it's nuts and nowadays I'm like they, they, they let me do what and so I was on the river a lot as a kid my dad was too he was on the, the, the river all the time one day when I was 15 a uh, bad storm had hit I don't know if it was a hurricane that was off the coast my dad was across town uh, around downtown Jack, 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 Jacksonville and he had a work boat and a barge that was probably 50 feet long by 30 feet wide was the barge with a big 40-foot steel uh, crane on it that would help to build docks. So he was bringing the barge back home, and this storm, it was one of those storms where, you ever had it where your house shakes, like the thunder, the lightning, and it was doing that for hours. And we were at my house, my friends Gary uh, and Mike, I think another friend Alan, we're there at the house, and mom comes to me and goes, you need to go find your father. He was supposed to be home two hours hours ago and he's not back and I'm worried about him. Now it's like people are dying outside type, type of storm and she's like you got to go save dad. So me and my buddies jump in the boat and we start to cruise and it's, the rain is so hard that I'm driving the boat but I can't see anything in front of me because the rain is just sideways hard hitting us and I get a friend to poke his head out of the top of the windshield and he can sort of see a little bit better, but he's getting like drenched and he's, t- he's saying right, left, straight, faster, slow down as we're trying to get to my dad. We go to the Buckman Bridge. We get beneath, and so this is pretty far ways away from my house, monsooning, 
we're probably going to die, you know, but we got to try to save dad. That's sort of the feeling. And we go beneath the bridge, and I see pretty far off, it looks like a shape of something that's coming towards us. No one else is on the river because you got to be nuts to be on the river. We get closer, and my dad's just sitting there with his feet kicked up like it was, I wish I had a chair. Like he's just driving the boat with his hat on like it's a sunny day and it's 75 degrees out and he's enjoying the sun. Lightning is hitting all around the crane. I mean, it's like on top of us. And he is just relaxed. And he's like, hey, boys, what are y'all doing out here? And so I'm like, mom said, come save you. He's like, I'm fine. Y'all get home. So we, we, we truck it home. Two hours passed. He finally got there at the dock. He was like, why'd y'all come? We were like, Dad, that, that storm was bad. He said, Nah, that wasn't bad at all. I've been in a lot worse storms. That wasn't bad. I was terrified. Have you ever been in that spot before? But see, my dad had grown up on that river and had built docks for 30 years on that river. You know how many storms my dad had been in on that river? He knew it. He, he, he knew it well and knew that was a bad storm, but not near as bad as they could get. Look in the text here. It says God hurls, hurls a, a, a mighty wind and a great storm so that the ship is threatened. In verse 5, and the sailors were afraid and they cried out to their own gods. These men who had grown up on the sea, had seen everything that you could ever see, were terrified of the storm. You think that was a bad storm? It was the worst they had ever experienced or probably could ever experience in their life. And this is what I love about this story. Even though we run, God pursues us. And a lot of times it's with everything he's got, with great power, with mighty power. Even when we're disobedient to him, don't don't miss this. God is pursuing you. Some are in this room right now and you are just like, yeah, parents, God, yeah. Nah, just life here, yeah, you know. I don't even know what that means. And I want you to know that God is even pursuing you right now. The fact that you are here is not an accident. It's not a mistake that you are here as we work through the text that God is fighting for you. He's seeking after you. Now, in my er, 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 early years of youth ministry, uh, I made a lot of mistakes, and this story's not about one of my mistakes, uh, but there were two br- brothers that were in my youth group. Name was Tommy and Josh, and uh, I think they'd be okay for me to tell the story, uh, but Tommy and Josh were trouble almost all the time. They were about two years apart in age, but I mean, if there were someone, I mean, Josh was a kid that tried to, tried to pin me down in the ground once, and then I made him eat dirt. It was the first kid I ever made eat dirt on a youth trip, but that was, that was allowed back then. It's not really allowed now. Um, and so Josh and Tommy were great kids in the youth group, but trouble, trouble, and they would wear me out, and they would just make, they would just do stupid stuff from time to time, and I would come down sometimes hard on them. I would bust their chops. And one day, their mom came to me, and it was about something else, but as a side note, she said, I know you don't like my, my boys because of how hard you are on, on them. And I remember going, wait, 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 what? I said, what? And she goes, well, I know they're trouble, and I know you don't like them. And I went, whoa, 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 whoa. Do you understand 
that I'm hard on your boys because I love your boys? And she said, what? Now, the boys had had, there had been a dad in the home and the dad wasn't in the home. There was just some, some, some stuff there. And I said, I said, if I didn't care about your boys, I, I would just, I, would, I wouldn't waste my time. But the fact that I care about your boys is why I see the potential in them, and that's why I'm going to fight for them. That's why some of you, when I'm trying to bu- bu- bust you, you, your, your chops, I'm not doing it for a paycheck. I, I, I don't have to do that for a paycheck. I'm doing it because there's potential in your life, and you need to wake up and go, okay. And I want you to when when God pursues us, it's di- discipline sometimes. It's painful sometimes. It sometimes feels like he's coming down on us and life is not fair. God, what's ha- do you even care? And those are some of the times that God cares the most. Well, he always cares. Shows the most that, that he cares, right? God, God doesn't, he's caring for, that's a wreck. Messing all that up. Um, so, so God sends di- di- discipline in our lives to draw us to him, right? And we're, gonna, we're not going to see it in this text yet. We're going to see how God has used even this to, to wake Jonah up. This is part of his plan to wake Jonah up. Uh, this past week, I had a guy, um, a young man, and his parents reach out to me. And he, uh, he was from my last church, but wasn't in my youth group. He was too young. He's around, he's around the age of Noah now, but I knew his parents. His parents reached out to me, and as a young man, he um, had a very mild, mild stutter. Uh, don't freak out. I stutter. I don't know if you know that or not. Okay, good. Um, he had a very mild stutter, so much the fact that none of his friends knew that he stuttered. He was able just to get by, uh, and, and no one really knew about it. Well, he's in his second year of college and going off to college, and all of a sudden his stutter has come on huge. Uh, and it's, it's, it's been fierce to the point where it's just hard for him, for him, for him to, to uh, talk at all, like even get any words out. And so his uh, parents had reached out to me, and then he reached out to me, and we began to talk because, truth be told, uh, if there's a, anyone in the world I can help, it's, it's someone like that. Right? Because I've lived it. I've been it. I understand immediately what he's going through in a lot of ways. And so he began to text me and we began to text back. And this is one thing that I tried to tell him was one is this, is whatever you feel like you're supposed to do with your life, don't get off that path. Because some, pe- some folks have already begun to say to him, man, what are you going to do? Like have to drive like a dump, dump truck for the rest of your life? These are what some people have said to him that are trying to be helpful Listen, be careful with how help, helpful you are. Um, and so he made him back up, like, am I going to be able to be a, a nurse or practice med- medicine if I've got this? What's, how is this going to work in my life? And so I, I told him, I said, I want you to understand, don't give up on what God's called you to do. If, if this is what you're supposed to do with your life, keep fighting for it. Whatever you do, keep fighting. And then I, I said this to him, and it, it was just a good reminder for me. I said, you know, I've stuttered since I was five years old. Uh, I'm a little bit older than that now, a little bit over 30, slightly. And I hate my stutter. Hate it. There are days when it just kills me because I just can't even say my own name. And it can be embarrassing. And there's a side of me that... I hate my stutter, but this is one thing that I told the kid. I said, I want you to know, I know you're going through a hardship in your life 
right now. And it's not a hardship that's caused by sin. It's just a hardship that's caused by, by life. And I think God allows hardships in our life. He allows. He doesn't send it, but he allows it. I said, but you know, if I didn't stutter, I would not be the man I am t- t- today. That God has used my stutter to make me compassionate where I would not have any compassion. He's helped, he's helped me to learn to be kind, to look out for someone who doesn't measure up like everybody else does. He's helped me to persevere. You know what? I mean? He's helped me to get back up when I fall on my face. And I've fallen on my face countless times when I just can't, can't, can't speak. He has done so much with my stutter in my life to make me who I am that I'm so thankful that I've got it. Wait, Pastor Dan, you said you hate it. I know. But it's a hardship God's allowed me to have that's helped shape me into who I am today. And every one of you, you've got your own little hardships in your own life. I mean, I'm just not like, I just can't talk as well as everybody else. I'm just not, not I just can't hang right with everybody else. I'm just too tall, I'm too short, I'm too this or too that. We, we, we all have something about us we're like, uh, but this is what I believe, Psalm 139, God made you with a purpose and a plan. I believe God made me with a purpose and a plan, and because of that, I'm going to live that purpose out the, the best way that I can um, every day that I can. So this is what I love, the story about Jonah, and this is what it's going to be throughout, throughout the book. It's not a story of, 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 of a big fish. It's, it's, it's that eat, eat, eats a man and spits him out. It's a story of a rebellious man who's called to speak to a rebellious people who is pursued by an amazing God. And in the midst of the story, where if I were God, I would have just stepped on Jonah and started over. All right, we're going to start with Habakkuk. Come on down. You're going to go speak. I would have picked somebody else to do it because I would have not given him time. God fights for him time after time after time. And I want you to know this. I don't know your specific story or where you're at right now, but God is fighting for you all the time. I would always love to talk to you if you go, man, I just don't know, Pastor. I don't know, I don't know if God can f- forgive me for, for what I've done. And this is what's important. It's not important what you've done. What's important is what God's done. See, we all sin. We all fall short. The wages of sin, what we earn is death. And God makes a way through his son, Jesus. If you put your faith and trust in him, you accept the sacrifice that he made for your sins as a, a payment for yours to make you in right relationship with God. If you put your faith in Christ, God gives you grace. He gives you mercy. He gives you forgiveness and righteousness. This is what he gives you to those who believe. But it's only through his son. We can't do it. You can't be good enough. You can't make it on your own. It's only through God. Let's pray. Dear God, I just pray for uh, just every adult and every student that's in this room. And God, for any student that's in here that's never placed their faith and trust in you. God, I just, you'll just give them courage even right now as, as, as uh, we're praying together as a group. God, just to say, okay, God, I'm sorry for my sins. Okay, God, I, I put my faith and trust in, in, in Jesus Christ. I, I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that God raised him, from, that you raised him from the dead. So God, I ask that you will move in hearts and you will change lives even right now. And God, I just ask uh, as we are 
We all struggle in ways. Lord, help us to be obedient to, to you. And God, I thank you that you pursue us and you don't give up on us and you have a plan for us. Help us to be faithful. God, I ask for this youth group. God, that you'll, you'll use this youth group in Yulee, whether it's at the high school or the middle school or the private school or the home school. Use it to make your name great. Use it to reach students and parents with the gospel. Um, and God, let's, um, may we live lives that reflect the hope that we have in you. Thanks for your son, Jesus, for in his name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all have a good week. Next week is the youth camp video night. If you're going to help for the, uh, the conference this weekend, come down here real quick.